Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2 of The Family Journal. We are continuing our book review of the We Do Better Together family history book for the Clarkwood family. We will also continue our Arthur interview of Cousin Becky, Rebecca McCullough. Sit back and enjoy. Great. Well, welcome back, uh, Cousin Becky. Thank you, Cousin Damon. Good to be back. Indeed, indeed. We're going to uh, continue our book review slash Arthur interview of the We Do Better Together book of the Clark Woods Family History. Um, Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, great. Um, What I'll do is I'll take a moment and just set the stage um, and uh, give our listeners uh, uh, an idea of time period. So we're going to cover roughly uh, the 1850s and 1860s uh, as we continue uh, talking about uh, James and and uh, Charity's uh, 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 children. Uh, What's interesting about the the 1850s is that this is right before uh, the Civil War and it's and it's right before the railroads. So the interesting facts uh, about the 1850s is that there was the Fugitive Slave Act, uh, which the, the which popularized the whole Dred Scott um, uh, decision, which by the way, what I, what I found out later, you know that happened on a train? He was actually on a train uh, and riding, but anyway, um, Kansas didn't become a state until about 1861, I believe, um, which which started a lot of mess. So uh, initially, it was a territory; it was a place mm-hmm. where everybody was running off to, you know, outlaws and what um, people who didn't want to be uh, a part of uh, the United States, or they want to get. Uh, to the new territory to claim land, which a lot of folks did, and they took the slaves with them, which is why we had a lot of these uh, regulations and court going on uh, back in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, and and uh, for those who uh, worked in offices, you know, the, the whole Otis elevators, um, old, uh, Elisha Otis actually invented uh uh, or, or started the elevators uh, in the in the 1850s. So, just something extra. He, <laughs> Elisha. It sounded like a black name, but he's not black. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other thing is that there was the Pony Express, which again, that Midwest, um, you know, Missouri was very uh, popular at the time for initiating that whole Pony Express which was basically mail delivery by horse. Mm. Uh, yeah, so um, it was north of the Missouri River and it just, it ran, ba- you know, it ran west from there and east from there. Um, so that was popular at the time. And then of course, you know, the whole Paul Revere thing in 1861, uh, you know, President uh, Abraham Lincoln, with his crazy butt and then eventually 
you know, assassinated. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the railroad finally stretching to the West. So the 1850s and 1860s, we were transitioning from steamboat and rivers to railroad. So, uh, and moving West into what was uh, the whole Kansas, Oklahoma area, Nebraska was was called Spanish Louisiana before uh, we, we took it over in the United States. So the Spanish had that part of that territory. Um, and then once we got it, it became Kansas. And there were a lot of, uh, they weren't necessarily free, but a lot of uh, masters took their slaves to Kansas for this new land claim. And then, of course, the slaves were like, wait a minute, Kansas is a free state. That means I'm free. (laughs) So so that's what was going on at the time. All right. So now let's go ahead, uh, um, you know, Miss Becky, let's go ahead and get into the the, the family history Jackson's okay. okay you know I love how you set that up for us um, because it really gives what what I have what I'm getting ready to share a lot of context so I really appreciate that part and just to let our listeners know you already know Damon I just came back from what I consider our motherland right from Kansas and Missouri Um for my cousin Jack, our cousin, I gotta start saying our because it is really our, right? Same <laughs> here. <I'm> here. <laughs> our cousin. Say again. It's our therapy session. We'll work through it. We'll work through it, Damon. And you call me on it. Hold me, keep me accountable. <laughs> but yeah, cool. our cousin uh, Jackie's home going. Uh, it was good to see uh, a lot of my cousin. I- our cousins. <laughs> Sorry. It's good to see a lot of our cousins. And um, yeah, so we were on on Clark land uh, in Kansas and Kansas City, Missouri. So um, yeah, so the, the furthest I was able to start with our history was Jackson C. Clark and his wife, Charity. And according to the records that I found and, and that um, my uncle Pleer, uh, the breadcrumbs that he left, and they're more than breadcrumbs, they were bread loaves that he and his team left. Um, Jackson Clark was born in North Carolina, which we all know a lot of, um, there was a, a, a dense slave enslavement area. And then Charity was born in Virginia, also a densely enslaved area. And um, that was in the eight. 1805 and and all I got was their birth year about 1805 because you know a lot of enslaved people weren't quite sure when they were born there were no records uh, necessarily kept Um, and and we don't know much about Charity's history Um, yeah so I just picked them up in my research I picked them up in 1865 so Jackson was and Charity were already seniors uh, senior citizens or um, um, seasoned uh, or seasoned ancestors. I don't know much about them prior to that, and I'm going to continue to dig. But um, I did find that neither of them could read or write, and um, it's safe to assume that you know if they were born in 1805 in those particular states that they were enslaved. It's safe to assume that. Um, but Jackson and Charity 
had four children that I know of, and that was Anne, John, and that's uh, who we descend from, John, and uh, Charity Clark and Leanna Clark. So as far as I know, they had four children, but I just thought it was interesting to mention as I was doing research, I saw that some women um, indicated that they had maybe 11 or 12 kids, but five living. And I just wondered, um, were some of them uh, breeded? You know what I'm saying? They had these breeding areas on the plantation where the women had the babies and just to give them away. Right. And um, as if the women weren't human and didn't know that they carried a child for nine months. And, you know, you know, just as mothers today are sensitive to the fact that they did give birth and and didn't get to keep their children, how emotionally traumatizing that must have been. And for them to continue to count those kids as as children that they bore um, to me was very, very um, impactful. Uh, But anyhow, uh, Jackson and Charity, I caught them in their 60s. Um, And at that time, Jackson was still working. He was 60 years old. He was a farmhand. And um, Charity was um, a stay-at-home mom. Um, Let's see. And they also had a granddaughter that they were raising. And it wasn't clear whose daughter uh, this child was, but I'm thinking it was Anne, the oldest daughter. Uh, because um, the the child's name was Narcissus. I couldn't find her anymore uh, after 1865, uh, 1875, but um, it looked like Narcissus might have been Anne's daughter uh, because she was also born in Arkansas. Let me, let me back that up. Jackson and Charity had all four of their children in Arkansas, which was also a slave state at the time. So um, I don't know if Anne, John, Charity, and Leanna were born enslaved or if they were born free. Um, but I'll get it, into that. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because you know, just looking at the date, you know, you, you mentioned you caught them in 1865, mm-hmm. and was only a state four years early. Mm. So prior to that, um, you know, if they came from west, uh, east east of, of uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, American, American slave states. So um, somehow they got there. Um, that's interesting. I, I wonder if if their slave owner took them there. Yeah. Uh, or or they escaped there because the, you know, the original, uh, the original Underground Railroad did not go to uh, Canada, yeah, mm-hmm. it went, you know, north and west. so Kansas was like the first ground uh, for the under, you know, and and easy, easily accessible to get slaves over there, um, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of outlaws uh, and bounty hunters resided because you know you get there and then you you spend trying to you know stay <laughs> stay free or. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, now that you mentioned that in in my research I did notice um that a large uh formerly enslaved population uh migrated to Lynn County, Kansas, 
uh, just across, you know, like you said, Kansas became a state. And uh, you and I were talking about uh, bloody Kansas uh, when Missouri and Kansas were fighting over the whole legality of slavery issue. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just like you're saying, I'm wondering if our family um, either escaped or once uh, emancipation happened, came over to Kansas, which was um, which was a free state. So um, right, so right where Lynn County, Kansas was, that's where the Missouri the Missouri River mm -hmm. um, hit Kansas in that spot. So a lot of the a lot of the boats would would come through there. And the abolitionists mm -hmm. would get um, slaves off the boat and into the free land of Kansas. And Lane mm -hmm. County was, Lane County's no more, but uh, that, that Paris Township area, it's no more. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it is a, a very interesting spot historically because there was even uh, a later name called Quindaro City, which is no longer. Uh, there any uh, any as well, but mm -hmm. the longer in Kansas in the state of Kansas, it used to be a street called Quindaro. Yes, yes, I'm very familiar. Yeah, so uh, that that came from there, but it it went with as the Missouri River hit Kansas. That's mm -hmm. where a lot of abolitionists set up shop to mm -hmm. catch slaves off of ships coming through there. Uh, mm -hmm. More, more boats, <laughs> steam, mm -hmm. but yeah. All right, sorry. No, no. This I love this conversation. I really do. Um, and one thing I wanted to highlight too, it in our family, it's uh, I, the strong sense of family is generational because, like I said, um, Jackson and Charity in in the research that I did, um, at some point assisted in. Um, parenting two two granddaughters and at least one great grandson so i just love uh the history highlighting how our family stuck together and um uh, excuse me that was me turning the page <laughs> sorry for the sound effects but um uh, i'd love how it highlighted how as a family hook or crook we stuck together and i i see that even now you know even some some of the family members are raising grandkids or temporarily taking care of grands and cousins and nieces and nephews um but the family stuck together so that was so cool for me to see um so um let me see what else can I say about the about Jackson and Charity. I will say that uh, death certificates and death records were not required in Kansas until 1910, and both um, uh, Jackson Jackson. I have no idea when he passed away and or where he was buried. Um, maybe further research will um, dig that up. But I mean, I called um, the historical society and called the various. Um, cemeteries and what have you they didn't have any record of his burial or his death but um, it's safe to assume that he was buried somewhere in kansas probably lynn county yeah, so so here's what's, what's interesting is that you included an excerpt from the the lacine journal yeah. from kansas in 1891 mm. let me let me share with you something that I actually uh, had a job 
working at a a, a company called Wildwood Outdoor Educational Center. Okay. And its very first year of operation was in 1981, and it was in it was off of Route One in Lacine, Kansas. And I was a counselor at that camp when they first started, Mark and Judy Pallet. And I actually have a postcard uh, that I wrote to my mother on the 29th of July, 1981, where I was working there with a group of kids and I was teaching them to write letters to their parents back home. It was a camp that lasted, I believe, eight days. We did eight day sessions. And I, and I, as an example, wrote a card to my mother who kept it. And I actually have that card with me in my hand right now. Very oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Yep, Lacing, Kansas. So that's how you say that. Yep. Lacine. Okay. Yeah. I can't even tell you how I was trying to pronounce it, but okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. And and even though this um this article clipping says Mrs. Jack Clark died at her home, I can't confirm that it was our Mrs. Jack Clark, but a lot of women in those days were referred to by their husbands' last names. And um uh Paris township later was called Mound City. And so I'm just wondering if, um, if if this is indeed our Charity Clark that died in Mound City. And, and, and it said she was aged nearly at 80 years old. So it, the math kind of Work. works out too. So this may have been about her. Um, so we kind of have a an estimate about when she passed away. So I'll move on to to um, Jack and Charity's children. Uh, the oldest one, Ann Clark, was married to a gentleman named Benjamin. And in his obituary, it did say that he came um, to the Kansas area with his enslaver. So we know that he was enslaved. Um, and um, yeah, he he married Charity and they had a, um, uh, Ann and they had a few children. And Anne was once Anne Armstrong. So like I said, I think the grandchild that Jackson and Charity was raising was Anne's child because that child's last name was Anne Armstrong also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Anne had a few children and um, excuse the page turning uh, sound effects. And uh, apparently she was a beloved wife of his um, but he he passed away. She passed away before he did, and he remarried and had uh, some additional children. But um, he and Anne were married for a few years, and then the next child was our descent, our ancestor John Beatty Clark. Uh, he was born also in all the children, like I mentioned, were born in Arkansas, and they were born before 1865. So I'm guessing that they were born enslaved. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and then Charity Clark was the third born, uh, also born in Arkansas, and she married a gentleman named Anthony Colbert. They had a whole bunch of kids; had nine children. And it just um, just a little trivia: uh, Chick Colbert, C H I C, he is uh, 
a child of charity. He was a well-known criminal in um, Lynn County. <laughs> and I just said, wow. Yeah, he's a well-known criminal. And there's many articles in the um, newspaper about him. And I'm going to have to say this, Damon, there's nothing new under the sun. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that there's nothing new under the sun. Just some of the things we're experiencing now in our families, um, they were experiencing then. And uh, but they stayed together and continued to support one another. And uh, Chick, bless his heart, I'm sure was a, um, a quite a burden on his mother's heart. But uh, they stuck together as a family. It was a ruffian. He was a ruffian. That's that's a good word. You know, <laughs> he was a ruffian. Terry, you know, it was interesting that she had her mom's name. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, there's yeah. no information about it, but that sure would have been interesting to find out, find out why, right? So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you'll see as we continue our conversations that the names are just continually, I don't want to call them repurposed, but they, they're they're handed down throughout the family, which made um, which made my search easy. You know what I mean? It uh, when I see when I saw that another a name was utilized again in another family, I said, okay, they must have been uh, part of the Clark lineage. Yeah, it makes yeah. it easy. Uh huh. Yep. So um, Charity was uh, much loved by all who knew her, according to, to her obituary. And then the youngest child was Leanna Clark. I found out who she married and, and the names of her children, but I couldn't find where she was uh, buried. And the same with Anne. I couldn't find where she was buried. Um, but I, uh, thank, thanks to her husband's obituary, it was um, confirmed that she did pass away before he did. Here's oh. an int. Did you read? The Remember this interesting note, um, cousin Damon. You know, speaking of family things, Anne's daughter and Leanna's son were first cousins, and they moved away to another state where it was legal for first cousins to marry. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know that I don't know. Is there a song or just a phrase called "kissing cousins"? We oh, had yeah. some in our family. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> yeah, yeah. So they moved to Nebraska, where it was legal to marry, and to our knowledge, they didn't have any children. But um, yeah, I thought when I kept, I kept flipping the pages and and looking back and forth, I said, "Now wait a minute, Serena had a daughter named, um, I mean, Anne had a daughter named Serena, and Leanna had a son named Sherman. Surely this isn't an article about them, and surely it was." <laughs> and well, the news, you see, the newspaper article says one of the swellest colored couples that ever bought a marriage <laughs> license. <laughs> They, they must have, you know, I don't, they they must have done well, I guess. What, what's interesting is that whenever I've he heard about cousins getting together, I've always heard that they didn't have children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have children. Uh, I, I don't know if they did and 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 didn't tell anyone, but, but I do know back in that time period, mm -hmm. it was considered, uh, you know, that your, like your children would be 
damaged or damned or so um I don't know if they like had kids and gave them away or mm. or just kids or, and oftentimes it was said that they um they just couldn't you know they couldn't make a child uh, mm-hmm. that was assumed uh, mm-hmm. back time period yeah yeah so, well, well with what mm-hmm. we know about genetics today it, was, it might have been a good thing <laughs> that they didn't have children uh, who knows but it, it also speaks to um, the, the you know in small towns and and with the enslaved all coming to one certain area and usually they came together as family um what were the options you know what i mean of marrying outside of the family that's right Mm -hmm. these areas i mean so the the border um the that these these towns were literally on the border of the missouri kansas state line so they were very, very close, you know, all the way down to, you know, Lynn County uh, and, you know, Lacine, Kansas is further south. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that the states are drawn up, I mean, that is a straight line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the border, I mean, they're just literally just on the other side. Um, and that's where the, the bounty hunters just traveled up and down that state line. Mm-hmm. You know, up whoever they could, returning them back, uh, anywhere for any reason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you didn't. You know, if you were associated with with some former slave owner who had clout, then mm-hmm. you were able to stay. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an interesting part of the country that, uh, it, to me, there's just so much there that hasn't been told, and then to have family that that is all up and down uh, that that state line and, and even down in the Arkansas uh, and even Texas and Oklahoma area uh, there's, there's so much that to come from uh, from those areas and then we, even, we're talking now about Nebraska so we're going further north mm-hmm. again there on the state lines mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting facts that can come out of uh, uh, from those areas there. Yeah. Um, all right. So this this takes us through um, the, uh, the the children of of uh, Jack and Charity. Um, this might be a good place to stop. What do you think? Yeah. Can I say one more thing about these kissing cousins? Oh, absolutely. Please. What What I loved reading in this article was that. They, the, the parties named above, that's what they referred to them as in the article. They are well and favorably known in this community and are amongst the most progressive of our colored citizens. And um, Chair, uh, Serena, um, Serena um, was actually a school teacher and holds one of the best first grade certificates. Um, I just loved how they spoke well. Uh, this is, is a great article that to me the title doesn't say doesn't do it justice it just says married in nebraska mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, but when you read it, it it's just like oh you know and, and <laughs> this you, was written in 1898 yeah i mean they sound hoity-toity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Isn't that yeah. something? It's good stuff. <laughs> wow. So there you have it. That's the that's the Clark lineage as uh, the beginning of the Clark lineage as we know it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we shall uh, continue this uh, for our for our next episode. But I think this was a good saucy one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to say the least. I hope people. I hope this is stirring up interest, um, so people won't be feverishly trying to write notes. And remember, you have this in this book. It's available if you if you want it. And even if you don't feel like you need it now, you'll be glad you got it later on when questions come up. Exactly. And I'll include uh, uh, information uh, in the in the podcast uh, for those who are interested in, in, in having a, a copy. I'll do that. OK. OK. Sounds good. Great. All right. Well, hey, thanks for another great episode. Likewise, Cousin Damon. I appreciate you. Indeed. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You do the same. Ready. Adios. Okay. Bye-bye.